Welcome After Buzzers. You are watching the After Show for When They See Us, Part 1. Stay tuned for more. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Welcome After Buzzers. We are here covering, hey <laughs> covering When They See Us, Episode 1, Part 1 of this incredible miniseries. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host. My name is Shaka Smith. I'm joined by Kitty, AJ, and Lexi. Uh, why don't you introduce yourselves? Hey, guys. I'm AJ. What's up? I'm Kitty Kaboom. And it's your girl, Lexi. What's up, guys? Oh, wow. Just heavy, uh, heavy, let's heavy. Let's start with smiles before we go into the <laughs> Yeah, right? At least a little bit of good yeah. feeling. Yeah, one thing I, we don't talk enough about is self-care, and especially mm-hmm. as we get these stories that hit so close to home, we got to remember to take care of ourselves, what we're doing afterwards, yes, make sure yes. you got something to talk to after. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully you guys are doing a little bit of that Come and watch our show But yeah. man that was heavy mm-hmm. It's funny how as soon as the credits came on All of us just went <sighs> Yeah exactly insane. We all just sighed We had to have like a sigh of relief Because it was almost like we were all holding our breath Watching this horrible thing Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, Not fun Yes I mean man great work but not fun yeah. um, But we got so many great topics to talk about We got our news, our quotables, our top three And of course our predictions But let's dig into some of the topics um, Our first topic will be setting the scene. Uh, our second topic, we'll be talking about the takedown. And of mm-hmm. course, our third topic is the confessions, which was just whew, the roughest part of it all. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, let's start with the happiness, you know, the happy stuff. We got yeah. the beautiful scene. It was almost like a, a black Stranger Things for me at first. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. true. Yeah, I forgot I was what, the heaviness of what I was about to watch. Right. Uh, How do you guys feel about the scene, the music, everything? You know, in the beginning, it just showed their innocence. Yeah. And it showed how they was living such a normal life before it shifted and for all this tragic you know, events took place. So mm-hmm. the the beginning of it just reminded me of them being normal black kids mm-hmm. playing around. Yeah. And I'm glad they showed that before the innocence was taken away from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a huge jolt, and I'm glad that they did a little bit of fleshing out the characters so you had a better idea of the fact of who they were prior to this and how they lived their lives. Yeah. And just seeing a little bit of, like, who, you know, their personalities to kind of shine a light on. This is not, he's, they're not even capable of doing this yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. We could just tell that in the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. And one thing I liked is just the nostalgia of it all. Like the outfits, you know, the settings where they were, the music. You kind of felt like, oh, they're taking me back. Even if you weren't, you know, born in that time, it's like, oh, I feel this. I like this. So I like that they kind of set it with that. Yeah. Just just long enough for you to almost forget. And then, boom, you got got hit with the heavy stuff. Um, But, yeah, it was beautiful to see that. That, that culture. And they were so young because we forget that they were just children. They, these weren't like 18, yes, 19 exactly. year olds. These were minors. Yes, like 13, right. 14. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then we, <sighs> we come to that, that part where the takedown, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of led to the credits, you know, that dramatic time. What would you guys think about the takedown? It really starts in dramatic fashion. Well, just going in the very beginning, one thing I didn't realize is that the boys didn't really know each other. Like, I always assumed with Central Park Five, they were already friends. They were taken down together. But the fact that, you know, they were all kind of in their own separate circles and then kind of ended up being this Central Park Five, that was a shock for me in the beginning Mm -hmm. when it came to the takedown in the beginning of it all. I thought the takedown was kind of weird because it seemed like the, initially the the police were just after anybody that was out there, but not based on a rape. It yeah. was more just based on, oh, you know, they're out here messing with people. We got maybe some reports about n- noise ordinance situations or whatever. I didn't get the impression that the police were hunting down these kids in an, in an attempt to 
pin this on them yeah. until mm-hmm. afterward. It wasn't until Felicity opened her mouth. <laughs> yeah. and, that, I, and I don't think that was their intentions. I think right. they exactly. were just out there exactly. regulating oh, and yeah. she was like, oh, I can use this to my advantage exactly. when trying to well, this case. Yeah. When they sent them out there, you know, they said, I need every black boy that was at that park, mm-hmm. go to the projects in Harlem and stop every thug you see. Yeah. Well, yeah, and but I'm, I mean, I'm at the initial takedown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When they saw them in the park, they yeah. didn't have an agenda necessarily. Oh, no. Yeah. They just right. seen black animals. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You know? But that's what was scary was that they mm-hmm. weren't trying to pin this, but the, the bias of the way they looked at these mm-hmm. kids were already framed what was about, about oh, They already had it in their minds in terms of who these people anytime yeah. you call another human being an animal yeah. based on nothing but hearsay and not even hearsay, yeah. based on nothing but this prosecutor feeling like she needed to have a glow up, you, yeah. then this is what you're faced with. You believe anything about you'll that person once you and you'll implement humanity. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And you'll mm-hmm. make them say it themselves. Like yeah. well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but <laughs> I just yeah. couldn't even yeah. believe they got them to say it out of their mouths. Yeah, yeah. that was the, the you, hardest part to see. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. And so, um, but before we go a little bit more into the confessions, because that's the real heart of this all, we do, of course, have a live read. Um, Lexi, take it for us. Take it well, away. Well, hey, y'all. Um, thank you for tuning in and watching and making us the ESPN of TV Talk. We love what we do. We love watching our shows with you and discussing them with you. But we can't continue to do it without your help. So if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe and comment down below. If you're listening on iTunes, please make sure to give us a five-star rating. And no matter what, continue to tune in to all of our shows and to talk back to us because we can't do it without you. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, of course, give us those stars, those five stars, and we love yes. your comments. And especially on this one. Oh, really, I was about yeah. to say, we, we really yeah. look forward to hearing what you guys think. Yes, yes absolutely. Um, and of course, now we got we to gotta just jump into it, the confessions. Uh, the hardest mm. part, I, I'm glad they spent so much time on this part, on um, this episode. Just, I, I guess, what did you guys think initially of bringing these guys in? We saw they weren't really friends. What did you guys think about how they took these guys in initially? What I am confused about, and maybe you all know, or maybe it's just something we're not supposed to know, is how did they go from getting every black boy in the park to just the central five? Like, how did they, did they purposely go after these certain five? Did they just pick a random five? Or was it genuinely just the interviews that they got from everyone that they felt like they could frame mm-hmm. together? That's what I didn't really understand about how mm-hmm. this group became that group. I got the yeah. impression, I don't know the answer to that, but yeah. I got the impression that those are the ones that they were able to physically catch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. else was able to get away at that initial run. So once they were able to catch a certain amount, they're like, we're going to go with who we have. That's the impression that I got. Yeah, well, I mean, they had all, cause they, but they did have more than five of them in holding. So right. how did they... Make that determination. Kind of yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think through a, a few people that kind of knew each other. So once they had one or two people that knew each mm-hmm. other, then it was like, okay, well, we got to take you as a whole and then take you as a whole. Yeah. But yeah, I want some more color to how they got down to right. that. Mm-hmm. Because even with that case, um, I don't know his name on this show, but we got excited when we saw Jamal from On My Block. He had a right. part in this show, and he was actually friends with Tron, and he was kind of the one who led you know, That's them right. to him. Yeah. That's Why right. wasn't he one of the ones who they kind of led with? Why wasn't he, was he the one who was able to go home? Like, what did really made it so that they were the five? And, mm-hmm. and, and I, I, my guess might be they went after people, vulnerable parents, you know? Yeah. Who, whoever parents mm-hmm. they were able to sign away the confession or yeah. leave, they probably yeah. went after, okay, well, that one, that one, that yeah. one. Yeah, right. I was going to say, I definitely agree. Um, just like when um, the boy um, that was in a school uniform, mm-hmm. when his mother came, she knew Yusuf, her rights. Yeah. Yeah. Yusuf, yeah. Yusuf, 
you know, the mother right, she came. Wasn't having she it. did not let yeah. them manipulate her or scare her or anything. She knew her rights. She went in and said, no, give me my son. I don't care about those Miranda rights. He didn't sign it. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, you know, a matter of fact of just, you know, knowing, being knowledgeable of what you can and cannot do and not using scared tactics for them to scare you. Yeah. But unfortunately, whatever she said or whatever she was able yeah. to do in that moment, you saw that Yusuf still came back. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, whatever she was able to stand for her rights in that day mm-hmm. didn't translate into long term. And that's I mean? because Just too, too late. It was almost it got yeah. there too late. Yeah. And I think the only reason they came back was because the last boy mm-hmm. implicated Corey who he, only went there he just to, said every single body's name and because he basically he the said they what they said. Be the glue, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you know they let them go yeah. but then and they had this one boy left yeah. and he uh, got that one tape and, 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 and that's all go. it took. All it took. And yeah. one thing I did want to talk about was the tragedy of the parents because you know a lot of this did take place because either the parents were in a tough situation mm-hmm. you know with work and having to go back and just how the police use those parents yeah. and even the one father who thought mm-hmm. he was doing good by his son by telling him to cooperate. Oh my gosh mm-hmm. that was heartbreaking. Yeah what did you guys yeah. think about that? That was a serious moment like that really surprised me it yeah. really took me but that just goes to show the power that they're able to possess over us the fear that encapsulates your mind when you're thinking all I have right now is this moment yeah. and in this moment mm-hmm. I have to decide do I want to go away forever or do I want to go home and yeah. if they're telling me that I can go home as much as I know I know it from past experience that that's not really how this is going to go down yeah. my heart doesn't work in conjunction with my head and my heart is saying my boy is hurting and I need to get him out of here and the father and, was yeah, scared he was going to die say, yeah. in, his, mm-hmm. in his case he yeah. had been to jail before exactly. and had been in trouble before so he, knows. so he was probably still dealing with that trauma or maybe even regret mm-hmm. of wishing that he would have just gone along right. with what the police told him to do so he He's like, I don't want my son to go down that same road. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna tell him to do what I wish I did. But on the outside looking in, to me, it was like, how does this how make could any you sense? do that? Right. Yeah. There's no logic. Like, involved. how did you think that would be helpful? Because but he's not thinking. I think right. it's all hard. But heartfelt. at the same time, you know, I've never been in that situation and I wasn't in that situation there. And it's you know, you never when you're in a situation, right. you don't you're know how really you're gonna react. And, yeah. And they cut so many deals with you and they and so I think that father probably got a deal where he probably went to jail mm-hmm. for only a year right. or only six months. And Maybe, he thought that yeah. was Oh, cooperate only got the six months as opposed to the twenty mm-hmm. years. So in his mind, he's like, I'm trying to get you off right now. Yeah. Right. Make sure so let's just go with the flow, with no the matter f- what the flow is. And and it's just because we have these experiences and we trans- transfer them to our kids and it's even worse. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And mm-hmm. you know, also this was just a prime example of how to emasculate black men. Yeah. And this just goes back into slavery as well. Amen. When you have a black man and he's in charge of his family, but then you have, you know, white Americans coming in and basically you know, son and them, like, you know, boy or get up, go tell your son, you know, all that. And like, yeah. you know, as a black man, you want to be strong. But at the end of the day, it's like this person has authority over me. So it's just so much I can do. So just those feelings of feeling helpless and not being able to protect your family. Yes. That just goes back to slavery. Amen. Yeah. And the irony of that is now these kids are getting that. Mm-hmm. And but these kids, they are calling men and animals exactly. and they're treating these kids not like the innocent play or the horse play in the park but they're saying you are terrorizing people yeah. and so that was the juxtaposition I didn't get right. what did you guys think about how they tried to really I guess kind of 
elevate the the age of these kids and no. make them seem yeah how about that scene on the steps where the mom shows up because you know she hadn't been informed until the next morning that her son was in jail she cut him up and demanded her rights and said my son is 15 and she was like well i have paperwork mm-hmm. that says he's 16 i don't care what your paperwork says mm-hmm. my, my son is a child yeah and mm-hmm. the fact that she even came back to her and said well the paperwork like she knew that there was no truth to it yeah. and she still stuck to her guns it's a horrible human being yeah. <laughs> she's just not good people yeah. that hurt the wife and we talked about youth as mama, and I, I love that moment because there's so few times where you feel like you're winning in this story. But yeah. that one moment where she said, shame on you for having him in there. Exactly. That, was, that was a moment mm-hmm. where it was like, at least you got to hear that from her. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That was poignant. Yeah. yeah. And it's just the issue with having these kids grow up faster than they should. Yeah. yeah. Because, you, like you said, they was 13, 14. They're not even, half of them wasn't even 16. Right. Not even close to being 18. Yeah. So the fact that you took a 13 or 14 year old and tried to make him become a man or put him in manly positions, that was just all messed up. Yeah. And they need to stop doing that because you're putting Putting um, an expectation, or you're, 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 what am I trying to say? Like, you're basically, I can't say, go on. I'm just trying to get it out. Go on, though. go on, y'all. <laughs> go. Um, but uh, I will say it's so tough to watch because you know what they're going through. And what's tougher is that this is still happening today. Yes, so, that's yeah. what makes it so horrific. Yeah. We look at these things and we hear these stories and and all kinds of horrible uh, plights of the black man have come to the surface. And we hear it over and over and over again. And literally, it's repeating itself just in a different yeah. way or a different set of people yeah. or men and women. I the fact that, what, oh, God, I sound ignorant. I can't think of the woman's name. But remember the woman that, um, what's her last name, Blunt? Sandra Bland. Thank Blunt, you, Bland. Yeah. There we go. I knew it was a BL that was killed in jail. I mean, she knew uh, going into it. I was yeah. just about to say is if maybe if this did happen in modern day, they may have not even made it to the police. Prison. Exactly. Oh, How about that? Oh, yeah. But but even if you like watch Making a Murderer when they oh I few guys I don't know if you guys watched it but they did the same thing to a sixteen year old where they interrogated him and and he had limited abilities and they really put the screws to him to get yeah. confession that you know seemed not to be true. Yeah. So we see these things still happening today. I worked in the public defender's office and they would routinely try to cut deals and say look you go home today you say you're guilty you go home today and then guess mm-hmm. what three strikes in you know, you you had that that happened two or three times of you, course you're in trouble now you I mean but think home. about it there's no logic at that if you say yeah. you're guilty you go home today you're so upset and you're so all you hear is go home today mm-hmm. you work tomorrow so I'll do whatever you don't right. want to get fired. I, not just work mm-hmm. or yeah. have you're a life to go back to scared yeah. and don't want to be in this room anymore exactly yeah. going mm-hmm. home sounds like the best thing ever even if that doesn't mean you're going to be home mm-hmm. for long because yeah. you don't think that far in advance yeah. your emotions take over and that's what rules and and um, creates your next steps. Yeah. Your yeah. choices are fueled by it's that. It's also really easy for us to say all this, watching this, because right. we already know what's going to happen. Right. They are really, we're naive and just brainwashed into thinking, oh, I can trust these guys. They just want to make sure I get home. But us <laughs> watching, knowing what happens years later because it's based on a true story, we're like, yeah. of course they don't mean that. Yeah. But yeah. why yeah. Did that- you believe it? But at the same time, you know, they do know who ever they, thought. Again, it's really just, I, I believe that it's just emotion. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they know God darn well that these men don't care anything about them but, but, but they or do, want the best for them. But they do think that I will go home tonight. They do certainly oh, think yeah. that, yeah. you know, maybe I'll get something on my record. Maybe, you know. Right. They I, don't think that they'll be bad. I'll be 25 years. Maybe, maybe juvie, but certainly not, not what 25 years. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I think one of the things that most upset me about watching this was that there were no parents or guardians with these kids. Yes. They had them in there by themselves. Like I said, you got 13 and 14 and 15 year olds 
in that dealing with a grown man situation. And the depiction of that is made, made me think that's how they picked these guys because you mm-hmm. know they made sure the mother, um, the grandmother, stayed out of the room. They made right. you know, they picked mm-hmm. the, the father had to go back to work until mm-hmm. they did the, the best mama to separate. Medicine. Yeah, and so they mm-hmm. said maybe let's put the screws these people. You know they they can that's sign away horrible. their rights real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then even the fact where they threatened the father to tell his job that yes. he had that. Could you like, he, that. They may have known that before they even picked his son. Like, oh, we can yeah. hold that over his dad's head yeah. to keep him here. Yeah. It's all strategic, and that's what makes it so sickening, yeah. is that yeah. they really... They could have been finding the real rapist and murderer yeah. if they just took the time to do that instead of making up these situations to... Lock up our black man. Yeah. And it really, I, I saw that they were literally making up the rules as they went along. Oh, yeah. yeah. The timelines don't match. Well, then we'll and throw something in there. This doesn't match this. Oh, we'll just figure that out. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about the, I guess, the red flags. So we had we had Nancy Ryan, mm-hmm. um, who was, I guess, the other detective that almost wanted to take over the case and thought, this doesn't look like it adds up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Letterer. We had the prosecutor Letterer who said, well, the timeline doesn't match. The location doesn't match. What's happening? So we had these red flags. What do you guys think about how they ignored those red flags. Well, it's just like... Because um, Felicity put her foot in it. She decided, listen, this is what it's going to happen, so I'm going to go up against anybody that opposes me because I've already... I've already written the end of this. I've yeah. already decided that this is how it's going to end. Yeah. So in order to fulfill the, my sense of what happened, I, what I want to happen, I'm going to take down anybody that opposes me. Yeah. I think something different, at least with the Nancy woman, I think that she knew that there wasn't really a case. I think she just didn't care. Mm, I think if, not these, enough. if these were probably white kids <laughs> who it was the same situation where there was absolutely mm. no case... They would have been like, oh, no, this can't happen. We're not going out with this. But because she was like, oh, well, there's not enough evidence. I don't care what happens regardless. Yeah, It's, it's just like what um, Tron's father had said. He said when they police want what they want, they will do anything to get it. They will switch around those events. Yeah. They change the time. Mm-hmm. They will make you be there even if you weren't there. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well, Nancy's actually a character I want to see in the future because I, I don't know if she didn't care. I, I think she initially thought she would fall flat in her face. Linda mm-hmm. Fairstein, I thought she was like, I'm going to watch yeah. you fail at this. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm wondering if she comes back and says, whoa. How Maybe did... I should have done something. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. something that we yeah. probably In retrospect, see. yeah, mm-hmm. that might yeah. be a thing. And, and, and also the prosecutor too because she seems, when she did the the, mm-hmm. the on camera interview she's like oh, let me do the Miranda right and then she seems like she had a reservation even when he confessed exactly well of yeah. course he said yeah. it's my first rape and it, it'll never happen uh, again, again. <laughs> who <laughs> says that yeah. no she knew going into it that everybody was lying in order to get just to be set free yeah. and and then hearing it in 3D that, you're absolutely right that's why she's like let me say your rights again yeah. I'm letting you know you can get um, an attorney if you need yeah. one but then she still proceeded to do it so it's almost like her job superseded her emotional state. She knew. You could tell. I feel a little different about that. I feel like the prosecutor at the end of the day just wanted to win and I think um, going into that she was like oh maybe we don't have a case but then after Corey had that interview Mm -hmm. they kind of got what they needed so she was like oh well maybe we do have what we need and that ended up You don't think that she looked through that confession though? She did. I I I don't think she felt all the way good about that. She didn't. She, no. she, I, don't think, I, I, think, I don't think she felt good about it. I don't think she was purposely trying to lock them up, but I think as a prosecutor she just wanted to win, and she knew even though she knew down deep inside that it probably wasn't the truth, that she had what she needed to win her case. I, I gotta disagree. I, 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 I'm, I gotta I'm, disagree. On your, I'm on the disagree train here, because she looked like she was like, let me cover, A, let me do, dot my eyes and cross my teeth, but she true. also like she was like, I'm doing this to give you the opportunity to tell the real truth so I can kick this somewhere else. Right. Yeah, because, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say I agree because don't you know how like when you know 
somebody's line, but you can't because they all working for the same team. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, True, but she could have walked away. It's that yeah. easier said than done. We see, like, okay, for example, we see a lot of people in this first episode that had that knew that something wasn't right, but still yeah. didn't say anything. Like the black yeah. cop, yeah. Mm-hmm. the black cop that told the detective that stood in the room yeah. Yeah. Said, breaking hey, it down. Not even before even that, when he said, "Hey, that boy is fourteen. His mother left to get medicine." Exactly. And what the cop, the detective say, "Oh." It must be Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's people he knew. And, you know, a lot of people knew, but to say something back in 1989, when yeah. this stuff to was happening. To say something today. Yeah, I get that as far as the cop go, because he's a black man, and obviously they don't care about black men, yeah. so why would they care what he has to say? But as a prosecutor, you had the power to be like, we don't have a case here, and she still decided to run with well, it. Well, I, I want to see what, and we'll talk about the predictions, but I, at some point, she must have had a gut check, right? right. Yeah, because you can tell she's point. thinking. You, you can, know? See, yeah, you can see the wheels turning. I so, felt yeah. like she was disappointed when he said that. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, we got a case. It was like, boy, do you well, know what yeah. you got yourself into? Mm-hmm. But exactly. I can't say nothing because you just said it on camera. Uh, and it's exactly. on my side. And it's on my side, so exactly. That's right, so I'm torn. So I'll be interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, we'll have to keep watching. We'll see. Oh, my God. We got to great segments. Uh, let's go into yeah, let's go into our top three. Okay, so the top three things that hit me personally as hitting home that stand yeah. out. And these are yeah, these are hitting home top three. Like what really stood out? Ooh, right. Her. So the first thing that really got an audible <laughs> gasp for me, me clutching my pearls, was when the police officer decided to take off his helmet and smack that little boy in his face yeah. with it. <laughs> then it turning into you scratch. I mean, she scratched you. That must be why that is there. You know, the bruise on your face happened as a result of a rape, as opposed to the fact that I've just been beaten up by the police. That stood out hard because I just couldn't believe that he would hit him that hard for any for no, with no provocation. Yeah. Um, the second one, I keep calling her Felicity Huffman. I don't know yeah, what, yeah. her name is Felicity Linda, Huffman. I don't know the character's Linda, name. Linda Fairstein. Thank you, Linda Fairstein. <laughs> Every time you say that, it's laugh. I'm thinking, I'm, we're thinking right. about the other stuff. We can yeah, talk about exactly. That That's why her name stands out. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah, she identifies the boys as being suspects as opposed to being witnesses. When that switches, she, I remember she was sitting at the computer and she's like, these aren't suspects. You know, these little animals yeah, yeah. are actually, and that's when she put out the basically the APB go into the neighborhood to get all these little thugs up that stood out in my mind because I in that moment it just spoke to the core of who she is as a yeah. human being yeah. and it's very dark um, and then the third I thought was when they took Corey into custody even though he wasn't on the list mm-hmm. right they were about to let him go everything was cop- copacetic at least with him and then they decided to, to trap you know to double back and bring him in too I guess the more the merrier because they didn't have any you know motivate or not motive they didn't have Mm-hmm. Any evidence to support that he should have come with them, or even his friend? What was the first boy's name? Yusuf. When they brought Yusuf in, they had nothing. Yeah. But because he was wherever this list is, I don't even who came up but with the you, list. Do you yeah. think that's why they brought him in? Because I think Corey. Well, they brought him in because why not? They needed all the black boys that yeah. were in the park. But I don't think, at least not in my opinion, that they had the intentions of doing anything with him until they realized they needed another person oh, yeah. to corroborate. Corey was on his way home. Until, yeah, he wasn't even in yeah. the waiting room with yeah, them. He, he was, was, yeah, he was waiting because he volunteered, he to, volunteered go. Yeah. to go with his friend. Yeah. And I was wondering when Yusuf and his mama walked by, like, why, why did, did she see Corey? him? Right? Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, you I didn't mean, remember I know that was someplace else. Yeah, I get that. But I mean, he... They You're the pro- reason he's there. They, they, right. they, they, they probably stalled her while they got enough information to keep Yusuf. Oh, they yeah. probably were like, let's keep her in the station long enough to get enough information to keep him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all pretty sad to watch. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys have, we have some extra time. Do you guys have any top three moments that really hit you? You know, I 
would like to say, I would just point out, we had made, we talked about that a lot of the parents weren't there because they was, you know, had to work. And, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's the reality of a lot of black mm-hmm. families, yeah. you know, in those type of neighborhoods, like they are working and most people are single parents. Exactly. And, you know, you can't be out there watching your child all the time, all of the time you're at work. You know, it's, it's a different type of lifestyle when you grow up in those type and of neighborhoods. And single parents because single the father parents. might be incarcerated because this has happened already yeah. It's already a systemic situation. So, you know, the fact that most of these um, parents had to choose between working and being there to support their child, which was probably another reason why their parents weren't there because they like, look, I have to go to work. I can't call out. It's not that simple. So it was was really unfortunate. And I hated that. With that, what really shocked me, though, is one, that they had to even choose, but that a parent would choose to just go to work. Like me, of course, me on the outside looking and I don't even have kids. (laughs) I would think if my son is in this position... I just got to be here. If that means I can't go to work, then I got to do what I got to do. And, and remember, that, that work means rent. That means the house. That yeah. means the yeah. bills. Mm-hmm. That means utilities. And this happens so routinely yeah. in this community that, okay, maybe juvie for a couple of days, maybe whatever it is, or probation or slap with that, that that's going to be one of those situations. Yeah. It's not going to be the... You know, the long term, exactly. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. they're thinking just like the kids were thinking. Well, no, I take that back. They're thinking along the same lines, but they're yeah. okay. So, because they're adults, they kind of have to do adulting, yeah. which means that they have to think two to three steps ahead. And that's why, unfortunately, the father gave his son that kind of advice. And that's why the other father had said, I have to go to work mm-hmm. because they're thinking this is going to be in this moment, but we have to see the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. here. And in order for me to function, and because he's not his only yeah. son, yeah. he has yeah. his brothers and sisters, he has a wife. And maybe they, I mean, and, and they've been through it themselves. They've been through there the confess go. and then yeah. let go. So they've been let go. And, and so they think it's all right. They called their job, though, and been like, do I have a job? No, no, no. When I worked at the public defender's office, it wasn't that option. It was like construction work. So if you don't mm-hmm. show up, you're you're no longer on yeah, the job. So right. just show up or go. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, growing up in those type of neighborhoods, no, you don't have a choice. You parents, They can't just say, oh, I got to call my job and say I can't come in. No, and you got to understand where they're living at. And growing up on the west side of Chicago... I understand exactly where most of these parents mm. were coming from. And being a teacher and teaching in those type of neighborhoods, we could say, oh, why are you not coming up here to your, the schools for your child? But it's like they are working during the day. Like, yeah. it's just some things you can't, you know, do. And, you know, when you're coming from that type of lifestyle, it's just some you have to make it work. And a lot of people mm. are making it work. Yeah. And we, we're not just, we're just not faced with those choices. Yeah. Like, I mean, we know it's a possibility, but it's like we're not in it until yeah. we have to like actually. So my son that. is locked up and I don't have a job. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I have to. De- or I decided to go to work and now my son is dead and I could have been there with him, but I decided to go to work. Well, we were going to work. I mean, let's not know. <laughs> no, you just took that somewhere. Yeah. 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 I mean, but that was yeah. very, that could have yeah. happened. It could have. It can happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the happen. same, yeah. it does happen it very does. often, unfortunately. Yeah, of and you're yeah. absolutely right. But to think, I don't, I just don't. I mean, I totally agree with this. Yeah, 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 no doubt. And then, yeah. you know, and in these type of neighborhoods, like you said, the police, they're always there. And yeah. maybe because, you know, it it also depends on how everybody grew up. Yeah. And being that I grew up in those type of neighborhoods, the police are always there. For police to come get you, you like you said, yeah. they probably think, oh, we'll just be out. It won't be that serious. They'll harass me. Because they like, always oh, are harassing yeah. you. The police will come and check your ID and look at your address and say, oh, why are you on the west side? Go to the south side where you live at. They do stuff like that. They harass oh, people. Yeah. Oh, I know. So that's what I'm like. So for the parents to say, like, 
oh, it's not like I don't care about my child. It's like I have to make a This is a routine harassment. I got to go to work and, you know, he'll be home at night, but I got to make sure I pay the bills or he's not going to eat. But, yeah, so I, I, and it's those decisions they have to make every day. And that's why they're caught in this sort of like this horrible yeah. conundrum. And, and, of course, and this was a perfect cycle. storm. It's yeah. always a cycle. It just and it's it, a it relates cycle. back. We can yeah. agree to disagree <laughs> on that. <laughs> I think the most shocking thing for me was how they kind of played them against each other like mm-hmm. how they kind of forced them to lie on the other and they don't even know each other's names yeah. that was kind of the big thing that, that, that stuck they out fed for him me that, that yeah. forcefully yeah. like I never I didn't even know his name was Tron and <laughs> now I'm like oh well Tron did it because you told me to say Tron did it yeah. that was like wow the way they played them like that to get yeah. what they needed was just disheartening because yeah. that kind of pressure just never lets up they will interrogate you and say what they want you to say for hours and hours and hours on end and these are children so faced with that kind of pressure, you're going to say whatever the hell they tell you to say after a while. Yeah, that was one of my, pretty much all those moments were my top three. And that was my biggest one was when they met each other after already having mm. made up these grandiose lies about mm-hmm. one another. That was and just moment. realizing, I didn't even know you're, I didn't know which one of you was who. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that was for me very yeah. powerful. But yeah, powerful in the sense that they were so like calm and like apologetic about it because yeah. they easily could have been like, oh, you Raymond, you the one who oh, yeah. lied exactly. on me and put me in this but position. But they knew that they all. Point, yeah. Yeah. drained from the so day. Powerful. They're hungry. Yeah. And no they just, food, Yeah, hours. exactly. Yeah. And they're just feeling defeated at mm-hmm. this point. And the, it's probably just the cherry on top. Like now I get to meet the guy that I've made accusations about that are completely unfounded. Uh-huh. The first thing I want to do, their children, is to break it down and say, I want your forgiveness. Like, we're working in this thing together, and I just need you to, I need to come clean and let you know, I got you. Like, because we're now, you know, it's us against them. Yeah. But in that moment, bruh, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. he got me. Yeah. He got yeah. me. And wow. I just thought that was very poignant. The, and then the fact that he turned around and said the exact same thing to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, listen, I, I yeah. snitched on you. And, and the bravery he had, he saw, you know, um, in Kevin's face and the actor face too like just to work up the courage to be like yo yes, the, the I acting just, can yeah. we just speak right? the acting yeah. Yeah, so the acting yes. the these little boys are amazing um, yeah. yeah that yeah. that is the exact yeah, moment just, I remember thinking what a like, great actor because yeah. he took his time yeah. he pondered over the facial expressions were absolutely yeah. awesome and he gave us a whole thought process without speaking a word I knew what he was going to say but he literally held on to it because it's so hard Perfect. to spit out yeah. yeah he did so well with and that. they broke everyone in the group down yeah. and so that was one of my, yeah. my favorite moments definitely Jeez. and you know in situations you know like in this episode it's just conf- it, it made black people well situations like this just show you know the conflict between black people and the police yes yeah. you know how you know we're supposed to trust and respect them but it's hard very hard to trust and respect the police when you had them doing so much injustice and police brutality and stuff in the black neighborhoods and especially when you're supposed to go to them because they're supposed to help you and you're telling them the truth and they still take your words and turn them around so yeah this history of the police and the black community and And the brown community black and brown they were minorities and what I thought what was tough is because you know what when I look at Linda and she really wanted these kids for the rape Mm -hmm. she wasn't racist in the traditional sense. No, no, because remember, she went, she immediately identified them as witnesses. It wasn't until she felt that a, a timeline was close enough to match. At, at some point, she made a shift, but she, she looked. I don't remember her being anything but, but dead on. Oh, no, locked in from the beginning. In the very beginning, when she got into that room, she okay. said, we have a room full of witnesses. I want all these boys interviewed. But she said, these are all witnesses. They're going to help us kind of find out who did this and make a timeline. And then she immediately found out that they had, she, or she 
characterize them as terrorizing other people in the park. Mm-hmm. And that's when she made the shift to suspects, um. when she believed that they terrorized other people. And so I just think it's, I want to see how they explore in the future that people who didn't identify themselves as racist but have these sort of biased attitudes. Because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. So she's call, not blatantly racist. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it wouldn't resonate to talk to her in that way. Exactly, because she, because she doesn't it. even identify so as that. So no, they, they hurt other people. So right. Actually, I thought I this has nothing was, to do with race. And so I, I hope they explore that a little bit because I think mm-hmm. we have such a breakdown in communication with, with each other. It makes these police community problems so much worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. That's a very good point. I forgot that she did say that. Yeah. They witnesses. All I remember is her being like, wake these boys up. Oh, the minute she made the she was in. She was in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at the sinker. same time, the joggers that found the body, I'm sure, were not black men. They were white men. So no, they were Spanish. Because his, his Well, yeah. why did they never question them is my question. Why did oh. she automatically go to, oh, it has to be those boys in the park when they had two people who well, called out reasoning. for the body yeah. that they could have also considered as a suspect? Well, I, well the first thing is why, why the reason I remember they're Spanish is that caught me. They called them beaners in the beginning. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, back then they still doing this whole right. thing. Right. Oh, is that what that means? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, never yeah. heard yeah. that terminology. They, yeah. refu- they refer to them as beaners because they eat, you know, refried beans, yeah. <laughs> black beans. But, so, but that's, yeah, so I was like, oh my God. Right. And that was sort of the gut check moment of, okay, here it begins. <laughs> we're, right, we're here, we go. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, exactly. Man, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know why they didn't look at them seriously, but I, I do think they thought everyone in that park initially they were looking up as witnesses yeah. rather than suspects. And the minute she made that leap, she was all in. Exactly. And she was all not they had to do is tell that. her that they had done something even a little bit incredulously. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't a horrible thing that they did, messing with bikers and then beating up the boy. Obviously, that's yeah. wrong, but it's not to the extent of murder or rape. But the first thing we see when she makes that leap, she calls them animals. And once she calls someone an animal, then anything's on. Anything's game. Exactly. Yeah. But you know well. who were racist and you know ones who were the biggest at fault we have not talked about yet on the after show is the men who were interrogating them. Oh, yeah. They yeah. were That's the ones who really yeah. just yeah, took it there. Like how yeah. they would have a, one guy come in and hit him and make him feel scared and then have another come in and act like he was comforting. Yeah. I was yeah. just about to say that, oh, that, yeah. that, that good cop, bad cop. I'm here yeah. to help you. It's like, wow, y'all really yeah. sit and plant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I was like, wow. Good cop, bad cop. They are the ones who really, I think, out of everybody in this on the whole first episode really made me the most upset yeah. mm-hmm. was how well, they handled those boys. Yeah. And I mean, when I said she wasn't racist, I mean, she wasn't traditional racist. I, yeah, I, I no, want to put course. like racist with an asterisk. <laughs> right. because, no, because I, I think when we talk about racism and race, and you say racist, people are thinking, oh, you're going to be wearing a white hood and uh-huh. wearing. No, They're it's. They're so it's, out of touch. I just yeah. had a conversation like that today where. <laughs> Uh, this white man was talking to me and I know him a little bit so I know that he didn't come from that space but he's just so out of touch with what is that he doesn't even realize he's saying that you know he asked me about my braids because last time he seen me I didn't have them so he was like that isn't your hair though right like you didn't I'm like and I just couldn't even I was just like you're so white and he was like what does that mean you're so I'm so white like he didn't really get offended so much as he really wanted to understand and the best part was I was like this is a cultural hairdo so obviously we added extensions to yeah. it, you know that my hair wasn't this long, and he was like, "Well, um, I forget verbatim, but the point was, and I have a yeah. point that <laughs> I know I'm long-winded. I'm no, sorry, no, but the point was that he said something about um, culture and stuff, and mm-hmm. well, you don't, you know, you you don't make the effort to learn my culture is what he said. Mm-hmm. I said, sweetheart, I don't have a choice in the matter. I've had to learn your culture my whole life because yeah. I live in it. Yeah. You have not taken the the, the um, steps to learn anything about my culture, which of course." 
his response was to hug me and I love you so much. You're so cool. You hit me to stuff. Hip the doctor. Tell yeah. me what I need to know. Yeah. Like I'm not here for you. And I'm not that's not my job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do your own research. But that and that was the the nice part of the spectrum. And then the opposite end of the spectrum is like a Linda Fairstein who's not even gonna do any research and just make those leaps exactly and just go right to it. And he doesn't have racism. the desire yeah. to make mm-hmm. any 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 research either. It was yeah. like I I'm his lucky charm. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. I'm his end to the situation. So he's not a blatant racist. Yeah. He might not even be a racist. Yeah. At all. Yeah. But it is racist when you don't take the time to learn another person before you make and you and just biases. accept whatever is given to yeah. you about or whatever is said to you through whether it be through media or the news, you know, whatever you've ingested mm-hmm. is about black people. That's what you're going to take at face value as opposed to doing the work to find out what that really means or how that simply, you know, how you should react, interact with um, people yeah. with melanin. Yeah. I don't know. It yes. just kind of stood out in my mind because I couldn't, and then I, you know, the big hug and, oh, you're so cool. You got to hit me. <laughs> No, I don't uh, work for you. Somebody told me, oh, you coming on CP time? Ooh, a white person? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Was, I said, I guess maybe they thought it was a joke. And of I'm course like, they did. A joke like, yeah. 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 Yeah about you yeah. so you can say whatever you want I'm going to have a counter attack or a counter point simply because I'm so digging my heels and that I'm right and you're wrong yeah. and there shouldn't be a it's right about- and wrong so, so much as there should just be an understanding just like you say agree to disagree or you know find a common ground listening to digest not to respond there exactly. we go mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. That put it, couldn't have put it better myself little yeah. lady well <laughs> that, that takes us into our new segment uh, of the hour well, guys, now it's time. It's time for news and gossip. So, Nishi. After <laughs> <laughs> I was right on Where's my news and gossip? So, guys, news and gossip. Nisi Nash, who played Dolores Wise, who was um, the mother to Corey, she revealed that Netflix had um, crisis counselors on the set for the actors as well as the real men who are men now uh, when they showed up just to, you know, counsel them because it was really heavy. So, it was deep. I think that that was very responsible of them. I think they could have looked at this as only a Hollywood thing and made it just the way they've made every other project. But that is very responsible. And that's what I'm talking about, doing the work. Yeah. Actually looking into what it takes to make things a lot more easy to digest and a lot more um, mm. um, realistic, a lot more so that it hits home, so that it does resonate with people. Because if it's super foreign to you, you're not going to tap into this, right? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have watched this probably on my own, had yeah. I not, honestly. Just because it's so heavy. You, gotta be, t- you have to be mentally you, prepared. I have to be yourself. preparing yeah. myself for this, right. right? There are a lot of shows that I would like to ingest, but unfortunately, I can't take all that into my psyche. It works itself its way into things down the line for me. You yeah, know I what think, I mean? I think Ava DuVernay even said that I think there's been like only two or three moments. I think three moments that she's cried on set where the moment the emotion hit her and she had one of those moments on this one. Of course. Yeah, and so it's like she had one on Queen Sugar and I think she had one on this one too. Miss DuVernay well. is a force to be yeah. right yeah. My God. But it also had to be really hard as the, the men who this is their life story to rewatch it and have to relive it. Yes. Like I would think that they definitely needed it for them alone. Yeah. Just having to 
relive yeah. it all over. I think yeah. that's so responsible of them. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And it might, or it might have been like actually a very therapeutic thing for them. To yeah, kind of like watch to it, work to, it through. Yeah, yeah, and to see to that it's done accurately. Obviously, yeah. yes. they spent twenty five years. Ooh. But you know, this show came to be because this show came to be because one of the Central Park men, I don't know which one of the five, reached out to Avery DuVernay on Twitter and said, I want you to tell my story. And here we are. How they got Twitter in jail? Ain't that wrong? Well, they're already got cell phones in jail. They're on YouTube, but they're out now. No, but I'm saying how they before they got out. And it was after they got out. This was like recently. My bad. I thought they was in jail. Like, girl, in the video. I need to talk to you because this ain't right. Oh my god. Me up now. Real quick, one thing I do want to say, and why I really love Ava DuVernay, and when she tells her stories, one thing I noticed about her when she produces her um, movies and stuff, she doesn't, she really gives, like, she really tells an overall view of it mm-hmm. so you can form your own opinion. Yes, mm-hmm. she doesn't biased. really say, oh, this was wrong, or, you know, mm-hmm. the white people was wrong, and the black, no, she literally just tells the story and lets the viewers decide for decide themselves. Decide for themselves yeah. so and see everything that happens. I noticed that about her, so shout out to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Especially big on a film like you. this, where mm-hmm. it's like, you really want to tell so what easy. happened yeah. in the story mm-hmm. rather than kind of skew it unbiased. one way. Yeah. Yes, yes, completely unbiased. If anybody watches this and takes the side of... I just we gonna have to talk like write yourself in the comments so we can have a discussion because I just I can't right. Yeah. Yeah. right well we got episode 2 coming up so what are y'all's predictions for episode 2 we'll I'll go, go last. quickly yeah. go that way uh, what you thinking your after buzz TV prediction yeah um I mean it's a true story so we kinda know but I guess my predictions for the show is they're just they're gonna go into jail and I I think hopefully we're gonna see their parents try to make some sort of stance or some sort of case or do something to try to get their kids out of that situation and hopefully find some good lawyers for them or maybe the prosecutor will finally get a conscience. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I predict that the um prosecutor is given accolades as a result of this. Like, obviously, her um, intentions and her what's pr- not promoting, what's the word? Um, when you makes you want to do something, her um, desire, whatever. It's not the word I want. But, you know, whatever's pulling her in is going to get her... Her motivation. Pro- yeah, thank you. It motivates her to do what she's doing is obviously self-righteous. This is literally a matter of ego and mm-hmm. her wanting to be mm-hmm. looked upon a certain way or you know be a hard-hitting prosecutor I, I predict that she's going to be somehow elevated in once she puts these boys away yeah Whew. okay i am predicting that someone will say something i don't think they will be listened to but i'm curious to see who is going to stand up because you know in the first episode we've seen some people hesitant and unsure, but I want to see who is going to be the person to actually speak up and say something to people, even though they, they won't be listened to, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, like, the prosecutor, based on the way they portrayed her in the first episode and based on what we know happens to these boys, it makes me think she's not the prosecutor who ends up taking this to trial. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it makes me think that she eventually cause I, I just, because they went after like, they even wanted the death penalty at one point, so they really went after these guys. So it, And her demeanor in the first episode did not seem like I don't know how she gets there. If she gets there, it must have been something that really got her. Um, so I predict maybe she's not the one that takes this to trial. They're going to switch them. Really? Yeah. Good I predict she, like, she has a gut check and is like, I'm uh, off of this because okay. this is crazy. Yeah. yeah let's put these predictions awesome. together. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I predict that she's going to have the gut check and then, you know, they're going to switch. So we'll, yeah, we'll see. We shall see. We'll come back. We shall see. 
Well, guys, this was a heavy one. Uh, we hope you guys are doing your self-care out there big time. Again, my name is Shaka Smith. You can join me at Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong. Everybody, I'm AJ. Follow me on Instagram at Crimson Pearl and check out my YouTube channel, AJ Talks. Nice. AJ, good for you. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on IG. It's pretty much the only thing I look at these days. It's Kitty Kaboom. K-I-T-T-I-E-K-A-B-O-O-M. Kaboom. Kaboom. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Lexi Fierce. <laughs> See you guys next episode. Take care of yourselves. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.